This episode contains language that some may find offensive. It also includes language describing a sexual assault that may be triggering. Listener discretion is advised. Patricia Farron woke up in a gazebo to smoke one June morning. The sun was covered by a thick haze when she peered into the sky from the vineyard, a homeless encampment in Rochester. The wildfire smoke in eastern Canada is another effect of the planet's climate crisis. As the earth heats more every year, the fuel for wildfire dries out, more cropland turns to dust, and air patterns are intensified. It's a new reality. It was so smoky that it could have uh, killed everybody. Farron was born with a congenital heart defect that has subdivided her heart into three chambers. The condition is life-threatening, especially in warm weather. So I've had the heart issues since the day I was born. It is a birth defect. The doctors gave me 28 days after I was born. Yes. Farron is from Arkansas, one of the warmest states in the country based on average temperature. She left the state with her husband in early 2023, but months later, Farron is homeless, unable to find housing on her fixed income. She lives at the vineyard a homeless encampment on Rochester's west side, run by sister Marsha Allen. We thought that we were going to get help with family, and we didn't do it because it was his family that was supposed to help us, but they never did. I've been here at the vineyard for about uh, three, almost three months now. We live out there in, in the gazebo. We are trying to find a place for ourselves because there's no cheap places around here. And only one, only one thing that we are trying to find roommates, but the roommates have upstairs. And I don't like stairs. Is that because of your heart condition? Yeah. yeah. I try, try to avoid going upstairs. How does extreme heat affect your heart condition? It is hard for me to breathe. This is City on Fire, the USA Today Network podcast on the effect rising temperatures have on public safety. I'm Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle. This is episode two, Wildfires. Wildfires can get out of control, just like the lives of those who are unhoused in Rochester, New York. This vulnerable group can't always escape the heat or the dangers of it. The thought of climate change heating the planet frightens 29-year-old Patricia Farron. I'm very afraid of that. Like, you get the hotness and then having a heart attack. It really, really sucks when you have have a lot of problems with you going on. And... Out there in the world, it is so tough for a person like me to go through. Like, we gotta find shade, we gotta find our places to put our heads, and and it's very hard and it's very difficult to sleep on the streets. I'm fear of everything. I have fears of everything. Like, what's gonna be my next meal? Like, where am I gonna lay my head? And where am I going to, when is the next time I'm going to get a shower? You know, not listed, I think, in cause of death 
for homeless folks so much is is stress, mm. both physical stress and psychological stress. It's really stressful being homeless, not knowing where you're going to sleep. You just heard the voice of Dr. Harry Berry, professor of sociology at Nazareth University. In 2017, Berry studied the life expectancy of homeless people in and out of the Rochester shelter, House of Mercy. It actually goes back to about 1977, um, you know, because that, that's when I started working at Unity Kitchen in Syracuse. And I went to a lot of funerals. They weren't of folks who were dying in their 80s or their 70s or, you know, they were lucky if they reached their 60s or their 50s. A while after I moved to Rochester in, in 1986, I met Sister Grace and went over to the House of Mercy. And at, at the old House of Mercy on Hudson, her office was covered with obituaries and mostly, you know, those, those pamphlet suits that you get from funeral homes or at, at funerals of people. And, uh, you know, I started to think, wow, this is a source of data. Men died in, at an age of around 55 and women died at around 42. The average life expectancy of a woman in Monroe County is like 81 years old. So, I mean, a homeless woman, it was barely half. I mean, it was for homeless men, it was over 20 years younger that they were dying than, than the average person in, in Monroe County. But, but women just, it, it just really struck me. Dr. Murray didn't factor heat into his study on life expectancy, but a 2022 National Library of Medicine study found that the risk of heat-related illness may be higher for people experiencing homelessness due to a lack of access to cool places and water and the complex interactions between mental illness, medications, and substance abuse. From the beginnings in the 70s of, of my working with folks who were homeless, it's that it's just not a matter of not having a roof over your head. Um, it's a matter of not having as many years on this planet. That it really is sort of a, you know, just kind of a, a death sentence. When I visited Patricia Farron at the Vineyard, she sat next to John Lee, 66, who's dealt with many bouts of homelessness. He's been at the Vineyard for six months. I was living at the Elks Hotel before that I was locked up. Before I got locked up, I was living in an apartment on Lake Ave. I've been unhoused a few times over the last 20 or 30 years. Substance abuse, law trouble, weed, crack, harder cocaine. I have arthritis, I have bone cancer, um, I have a few heart conditions. I have titanium rods in my thigh, I have plates and screws in my lower leg, rods in my right wrist, bullet in my back. The bullet in John's back is from his military service. Here's Dr. Harry Berry. I can't tell you how many folks I've known who are homeless who are veterans. When I started working with folks who were homeless in, in the late 70s, an awful lot, maybe a third of the folks were Vietnam, homeless Vietnam vets. Two tours of Vietnam. Two tours of Vietnam? Yes. Bosnia, Afghanistan. My tenure callback was Desert Storm, the first one. That they never were able to get back, you know, get back into, quote, normal life um, because of the thing, often because of the things that they've done or the things that they've seen. Um, you know, that, that, that war, uh, 
creates a moral injury that, you, you know, you just can't go to a psychiatrist and all of a sudden it's fixed. It was a steamy day when I interviewed Patricia and John. You could hear the air conditioners hum inside the tiny structure adjacent to the vineyard. You could see the sweat on John's forehead. Unlike days like today, I used to use street drugs to take away pain. When I used to live in the subway tunnels back in the 80s and 90s underneath the library downtown, these kids from Brockport came out there with paint guns and were shooting everybody in the tunnels just because they were homeless and they knew the cops weren't going to pay them no attention. A lot of unhoused people, they panhandle and stuff like that. People spit on them, throw pop bottles at them, all kinds of stuff. Do you see that happen more during the summer? Yeah, because more people are out. Mm. So are you more fearful during those summer months? I'm not because I fight back. I've been a black belt by 10 years old. Have you ever found yourself in a position where you had to protect yourself or somebody else? Absolutely, several times. Can you speak about one of those times? No, not without going to prison. John is well over six feet in person. He's a huge man that anyone would think twice about attacking. Patricia Farron calls John her bodyguard. I adopted him as my, uh, as my father. Nice. <laughs> people around here think I'm Superman. <laughs> Patricia and John are good friends. They even have the same birthday. The same birthday, late. No, on the same day. On the same September, day. September 3rd? Yes. While nobody messes with Big John, Patricia knows the hazards of being a woman living outdoors. A lot of people likes to pick up uh, women that are, are homeless. Thinking that I'm a prostitute, yeah. a sex uh, worker. I see a lot of women targeted and it's, you know, a lot of guys are just, because they see a homeless lady, press up on them, hey, come on, I'm going to tell you. And if, they're, if, if they uh, don't watch what they're doing, they might get pulled in the alley in the parking lot behind the building. I've seen it, stopped it a few times. Some, some of the women who died said, House of Mercy, it was a, viol a violent death. Rochester's Joseph Avenue is a hot spot for those at the crossroads of homelessness and substance abuse. While walking with outreach worker Gary Harding from the nonprofit Recovery Always, I ran into a woman shooting heroin in the middle of a grassy field. The summer months increase her chances of being sexually assaulted. On the streets, she's known as TT. Somebody running up on me, raping me when I'm sleeping. Like, dead, like I'm sleeping here by myself. Somebody's just coming in, like, dry humping me or something. Taking me up, waking me up, waking or somebody up with somebody a dick inside me or anything. Is, is that something happens? that happens? It, it happened. Yeah. It happened? Yeah. It happened to me three times already. My stuff came out. I had a nigga dry humping me when I woke up. Mm. Can't say no names, but it was a couple days ago. I slept. I said I was cold. He let, I put the cover over me. All he felt was a, a wiener poking me, humping me, and I'm waking up like, what the fuck are you doing on top of me? Yeah, get the fuck off of me. I, that shit got scary. It's nice how everybody's out. Yeah. So do you can, think you're exposed to, yes. like, yeah? She do, but kind of, sort of. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, like, more harm means more people, be, I mean, more, more nice weather means more people are coming out. Motherfuckers do not know how to act when you go to parties. They start shooting out and doing, you know what I'm saying, shooting at each other and shit like that dumb shit. Or robbing people when it's, when it's nice out. Everything happens when it's nice out. Everyone is bad. Like, it really is.
Suddenly, in the middle of our conversation, a man approaches the women, asking questions about his recently overdosed family member. He believes one of the women has something to do with the death and angrily vows to find out the whole story. Yeah, that was a threat. They don't know who killed their son. Is that where they're over there? They have a memorial. Yeah. They have a memorial. And was he out here too? I never met him. I only saw him in the window. So I don't know him at all. But do you know if he overdosed or not? Is that how he died? They said that he overdosed. Oh, yeah, he owed it. I asked TT what keeps her on the streets. She said it's the substance abuse. I then asked her who exposed her to the drugs. My boyfriend, my ex baby, my baby father. Your baby father. Yeah, I found him selling it all. So he was a drug dealer. Still is. That make me. And then at first I went to rehab. I cleaned myself up. No, but um. But he kept on like bagging up in front of me, selling in front of me. So I stole three bricks from him, and that made me go on. That made me lose him, lose my kids, lose my house, my income, everything. What made you try it the first time? Oh, I. He's being skeptical. Curiosity. Curiosity. Yes. Oh, that's, that's how I started. Like that's how I fucking started. I was a straight one. It makes me feel alive again. I'm not stressing as much as I do when I do it, because when I'm down, when I'm not high, I stress. I cry about me not being high. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, what what stresses you out the most when you're not high? Is it my kids? Your kids? My kids. I want my kids back. I want my house back. I want to be able to be me again. Mm -hmm. Kids are what keep Justin from spiraling out of control. If I didn't have those two, this is not the Justin that would be sitting here. <laughs> there, there would probably be a plate glass between us. Justin represents a different sect of the unhoused community. People who live in their cars for safety reasons. He only wants to be identified by his first name. It's a it's a recent endeavor. Um, so, uh, normal upbringing, uh, college, work, wife, kids, um, addiction. Uh, I was an alcoholic. Okay. Uh, now that was a symptom of my undiagnosed mental illnesses. I'm autistic. I have bipolar, schizophrenia, dyslexia, mental illness, loss of wife and kids, um, job stuff. So like I, I was in an apartment and some things happened so I lost that. If I don't have a place to like go and be, it just, it drains you. So like you have to be driving so you have to have the AC on because like you, you're dying of heat. Like the heat is not great because there's no breeze and like there's mosquitoes and shit. So like you can't just leave the windows open and you know there's weather and stuff. So like I, I put some, uh, I got net from a friend and cut it and taped it to the windows so I could open the windows. So you either get bit by mosquitoes or you sweat. It sucks. <laughs> I sweat it out. It is what it is and. Uh, like I, I, I've been through some pretty rough times. Protection is important. What would you say is the worst part? Uh, the lack of being able to like know where I'm gonna park tonight or like know if I'm gonna be safe. Safety is Justin's number one priority. One night he was in a dangerous situation looking for a secure parking spot. I found a place to park. So a homeless gentleman told me I could safely park in an area. 
gave me the tricks on how to get past like the thing so I'm like okay cool like maybe this is safe maybe not whatever but because I have a vehicle the person tried to like manipulate the situation and get me to like bring him somewhere when it, like he got going at me in the car which is not a place you want to do you, you don't want to come at me in my vehicle because I know where all the things are so I pulled over I was able to get him the fuck out um, but uh, that you know like it it, it doesn't always work out that well for people so like I, I Homelessness rates have risen nationally by 6% yearly since 2017, according to the National Alliance to End Homelessness. The cost of housing and food are the main factors for the incline, and as homelessness rises, the Earth's temperature rises with it. Here's Patricia Farron. I hope that a lot of old homeless people can get the courage up enough to do what I'm doing talking about it and what I go through every day is challenging because I have two devices in me now I do have a little bit of depression and I found I found the way to get rid of my depression I'm coloring the Bible when I first met T.T. on Joseph Avenue, she had a coloring book. She asked Gary Harden if he could bring crayons or colored pencils next time he stopped by with water, snacks, and Narcan. But I'm thinking about, I want to be, I want to get, I want to go to rehab. Yeah. What's, what's stopping me? Okay, uh, what's stopping me? Nobody's there for me when I go there. That's what's stopping me, the support. Support. Yeah. Because I know I'm supposed to have the support from my mom. I know I got the support physically and mentally for my kids, but I want that real support for my mom. Her coming to visit me sometimes, yeah. her answering the phone when I call. I want that support. I went to Clip the Swing last week. I got, I woke up in the RCU. All I remember is leaving. They told me I was too high to get in the facility. Mm. All I remember is walking out the facility and waking up in the ICU. I had burn marks on the bottom of my feet, black and blue marks. I got raped. They poisoned, they gave, I asked a white man for a drink walking down the street. He put like, Subutex in my drink. I don't remember nothing else. I was in the hospital, ICU for three days. They told my, they just told, found my mom. I was beaten. Oh my God, I was raped. Trying to go to rehab. The longer TT stays on the streets, the more she's exposed to drugs laced with fentanyl, a narcotic used to treat severe pain that can cause respiratory distress and death when taken in high doses or combined with other substances. When drugs like heroin and crack are taken with fentanyl, the effect can mask heat stroke symptoms and reduce awareness so people may not realize they're overheating. It's a quick way to overdose during the hot summer. Yesterday, I smoked and I just dozed off. I'm like, oh yeah, that's fat. No, I'm not that. I didn't go back. It scares me. Because any time I smoke and I can die, I can die when I, it scares me. A lot. Have you seen anybody overdose? Yeah, twice. I even saw somebody dead. Mellow. Mellow's dead? I was upstairs. That was my home, but I was upstairs when he died. I didn't even know he died. Somebody came up there like, I just dragged him outside and just left him there. Like, what the fuck? And I ran outside. He wasn't even there no more.
First Street Foundation, a nonprofit research organization, predicts temperatures in Rochester will continue to rise for at least a century or more due to climate change. Central section 8209. We're firing emails on 373 Verona Street for a 55 year old female. Overdose. This City on Fire podcast is part of the USA Today Network. East human-centered climate crisis project called Perilous Course, directed by New York State Enterprise Editor William Ramsey. This podcast was produced by me, Rob Bell, a reporter for the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle, and USA Today Network Northeast Regional Multimedia Director, Sean Oates. Special thanks to Amy D'Amico, Patricia Farron, John Lee, Dr. Harry Murray, Gary Harden, TT, and Justin.